0: Today's episode is brought to you by Patients Getting Paid, the new course in development by FUMS. I was diagnosed with MS 10 years ago and had to give up my job. My paycheck stopped, but my bills didn't. (laughs) I needed to find employment that worked with my schedule when I was mentally clear and rested and that worked around doctor's appointments and hospital infusions. I went looking for a solution and I actually found several. There are companies looking for our experience as chronic illness patients, and they're willing to pay us to share it with them. There are legitimate work-from-home opportunities out there, too, and even recruiters specific to matching us with those legit opportunities. And there are a multitude of opportunities to have our own online businesses. If any of this resonates with you, sign up for the email list and be the first to get more information when the course launches. Sign up now at FUMSNow.com slash paid. Welcome to the FUMS Now podcast show, where you'll gain information, inspiration, and motivation for living your best life with multiple sclerosis. Find us online at FUMSNow.com. I'm your host, Kathy Reagan-Young. My guest today is Gretchen Hawley, a doctor of physical therapy who specializes in multiple sclerosis. Within her first year of developing an MSPT program at the clinic she worked at, she fell in love with the complexity of MS, that the disease manifests differently in every person. It then became her mission to help those patients in any way she could, which meant furthering her knowledge beyond just physical therapy. She studied for, took, and passed the Multiple Sclerosis Certified Specialist exam because she wanted to know the ins and outs of what she was working with for each patient with MS. Her dedication to our community is extraordinary. Let's go meet her. So hello, Gretchen. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Kathy.
0: Absolutely. So you're a physical therapist and an MS-certified specialist, is that right?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Okay, so what makes you an MS-certified specialist? What does that mean?
1: So to become an MS-certified specialist, you need to be in any of the healthcare professional regions. So for me, I'm a physical therapist and that alone took seven years of schooling. Wow. So there was my years of undergrad and then the doctorate program is an additional three years of grad school. Wow. Yeah, so it was a long time. but So I now have my Doctorate of Physical Therapy degree. And then the MS Specialist Certified Training, that was an additional one year of Mm -hmm. studying and really getting into the MS world.
0: Yeah, so eight years. You're committed. I'm committed. This is my passion. (laughs) You meant to get here.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely.
0: Well, so how did you get interested in working with people with MS because this is not, you don't have any personal relationships with people with MS and you personally do not have MS. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. It was kind of an interesting start with my MS community because in grad school, I was always most interested with my neurology courses. But I knew that I didn't want to go into neurology specifically, Mm -hmm. so I didn't really put too much energy towards that. But then in my first year of being a physical therapy graduate, I was in my first job, and our sister company had a multiple sclerosis program, and they were in Rhode Island, which is very far from Boston. Mm -hmm. So my boss wanted to create a multiple sclerosis program at our office, too. Mm -hmm. and it was kind of open for discussion, you know, by a show of hands, who wants to start this program, and I had no reason not to. I was still a new grad, excited about all of these opportunities, and I knew that that would get me more towards the neurology component, Mm -hmm. and so on a whim, I just raised my hand and offered to be the person to start this program.
0: Wow. Quite the whim.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm so glad I did now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you need to mm-hmm. go with your gut, I guess, because it's worked out <laughs> for all of us. So how do MSers, I guess, issues differ from those of the general population that you see? Because you do still see other folks, right? I mean, I other than MSers. Okay.
1: Yeah. Kind at the me. clinic that I work at, it's actually an outpatient orthopedic clinic, mm-hmm. but I've started the MS program there. So 85 to 90% of my caseload are people with multiple sclerosis, but then the remaining bit are orthopedic. And it goes hand in hand because a lot of people with MS also have orthopedic conditions, which might be knee pain if they're not walking well, or hip pain, or back pain, or neck pain. So I still treat all of those. Mm -hmm. However, what I find is MSers Mostly differ in their tolerance for exercise. They might be able to do just as much, but it might require more rest breaks. Mm. And there are also different, like simple day to day tasks that become a little bit more challenging. So, for the people that I see with multiple sclerosis, our treatments are much more functional and we break down those tasks to improve those things throughout their day, whereas someone else it might just be just basic exercises.
0: Oh, I gotcha. Okay. You know, for me, I don't know, Gretchen, I would think the uncertainty of how this disease manifests itself in everyone with MS would be so frustrating to work with. I would find it very frustrating. But <laughs> you said you enjoy it. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> Why? I mean, I don't know. Is it like putting together a puzzle or what about it do you enjoy?
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I have always loved problem solving. I'm not really sure why, but like that's what gets me going. I really love trying to figure out what's wrong and trying to help. And with multiple sclerosis, every single person is different. And even if someone is the same gender and they're diagnosed with the same type of multiple sclerosis at the same age, they still can have vastly different symptoms. True. And where one person might have heat intolerance and sensation issues and cognitive issues, the other person might not have none of that, but a ton of weakness and balance issues. Mm -hmm. So... I love being able to brainstorm what symptoms people are having and how I can help in their daily life because everyone has different goals too. Mm -hmm. And there are different ways to reach those goals. So that brainstorming and problem solving is what I love most about this.
0: Well, it's never boring, right? (laughs) Never. (laughs) Never boring for us either. Every day is a different day for sure. It can be different from minute to minute.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I find the interdisciplinary components of the MSCS designation fascinating and really very all-encompassing. So you provided those to me. I just want to go over them really quickly. Those include needing to know the basics of neurology with MS, physical therapy, obviously, occupational therapy, cognitive therapy, pharmacology, nutrition, plus Patient empowerment, woohoo! Like advocacy, resources, caregiver information, clinical research. Holy cow, that is a very comprehensive list. How in the world did you prepare for that exam? <laughs> yeah, so
1: it was a long process. Another piece of being able to even just sit for that exam is that you have to have one year of experience of treating people with multiple sclerosis. So initially, I didn't have that yet. Mm -hmm. And I therefore shadowed the physical therapist in our Rhode Island sister company. Mm -hmm. And I went there once so that I could just see what types of treatments she was doing and how she was working with her patients with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. So I was able to shadow her. And then for studying, there's actually a lot of resources out there that's just access to the general public for this information, but you do have to search for it. So most of the information is provided through the National MS Society the National Association of America for Multiple Sclerosis, the National MS Foundation, all of those national pages. Mm-hmm. So I really dug deep in there, tried to find all of this information, studied with a ton of flashcards, <laughs> and also just started quizzing these other people that I knew. At the time, we had an occupational therapist working with us as well. And while she wasn't specified in multiple sclerosis, I was able to ask her some questions. And the physical therapist that I was working with who already was an MS specialist was also very helpful in guiding me towards the right directions for studying.
0: Wow. That is, again, you meant to get here. (laughs) You had to really have a passion to get here. And I heard earlier in our conversation an indication of how you would use that occupational therapy because it is a much more, as you said, functional approach, Mm -hmm. like task-driven. Am I clear on that? Definitely, yes. Okay, so that makes sense. But what about the cognitive therapy, or is that more just understanding that somebody could be having a bad day, and so you have to...
1: Cognitive therapy is, I mean, with... Any bad day, any symptoms can be worse, not all symptoms, but some symptoms can. Mm -hmm. And so with cognitive therapy, the way that I approach that, because I am not a cognitive specialist, there are those that exist. However, what I do is a lot of my patients have a challenging time focusing on two things at once. Mm -hmm. So during our evaluation I want to look at their balance and their walking and their strength. And they can do those things, but you can even see in their face how focused they are. Like they might be able to balance on both of their feet for 20 seconds, but they cannot have a conversation with me at the same time. Mm. Or they might be able to walk down my hallway, but they can't tell me about their weekend because they're so focused on actually lifting their legs and having good form. Right. So the way that I incorporate cognitive is by having them add an additional task. And that could be a cognitive task the one that I give, which I feel bad giving this one because I, to be honest, don't think I could do it. <laughs> but once you get really good at a specific exercise, you then do the exercise and simultaneously count down from 100 by threes
0: out oh. loud. Right? That's mean, Gretchen. That's just mean. I know. It's really mean.
1: Right off the bat, I I even tell them, to be honest, I can't do this. So I don't care if you get the numbers (laughs) correct. The whole point is that you're just focusing on something else.
0: Oh my gosh, that's tough. Mm -hmm. So, and you mentioned nutrition too. So are you talking to them about, you know, nutrition that could be helpful to them? Maybe, I know I just published an article about, I called it fatigue foods and those things that will help you, you know, keep your energy levels up. So is that the type of thing that you're talking about with them?
1: Yeah. As you know, there are so many different meal plans and diets out there, Mm -hmm. and there's no one that's best for everyone. So I stay away from talking about the specific plans, but more so just general healthy foods, foods that can give you energy, foods like you said that are fatiguing. And it's more also about just asking if that's an issue or not. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people right off the bat will know that their nutrition is an issue or that their heat intolerance is an issue or any of these symptoms. Right. So this MS specialist certification and the exam that I took really helped me with being able to ask the right questions Mm -hmm. to my patients. Because if you don't ask the question, a lot of the times the person won't mention it. Right. So I'm able to, you know, guide the conversation to figure out what's really affecting them, whether it be their nutrition or fatigue or bladder or strength
0: weakness, et cetera. Great. Well, this is an awesome list that you are schooled on and it's certainly gotta be very helpful to the MSers that you helped. Mm-hmm. And I did notice that advocacy and resources was on your list and I hope that you will add the FUMS podcast show to that I which you will though. good recommend. Yes. <laughs> Little plug right there. Yep. <laughs> You told me that MSers can uh, most benefit from PT if they do specific functional exercises with perfect form and high repetition. Well, that's easier said than done. I mean, you said there are several strategies to help them do this, especially when fatigue kicks in or when they're having a like a bad day. So, what are those strategies?
1: So, I have two big strategies. One is to get out of the mindset that. I feel we all grow up with where when you exercise you're supposed to do you know 10 sets or 10 repetitions and 3 sets yeah. or 20 repetitions 3 sets because that's definitely not the case with multiple sclerosis and initially if you're only doing 3 repetitions you might feel like you're failing like yeah. oh man I only did 3 right. however what I I'm a huge advocate for is if you're doing an exercise, only do three repetitions if that's how many you can do in a row that's perfect, Mm. but try to do 10 sets. So the second tip would be to take rest breaks. Mm -hmm. So you're doing three repetitions and then resting Mm -hmm. and then another three and then resting. And those resting periods are different for everyone. It might need to be a 10 second rest Mm -hmm. or maybe a minute rest. Gotcha. But by the end of that bout of exercise, you've still done 30. Mm-hmm. It just isn't in your classic 10 repetitions, right. three
0: sets. Broken up. Got it. Yeah. So I asked the FUMS community around Facebook if they had any questions for you. And in fact, they did. So if you don't mind, I'd like to ask them of you now. Yes, I'd love that. Okay. So Stephanie Meyer Cowley said how do you determine what is best for the patient? Do you have a specific MS plan or do you individualize therapy? And then she asks, how do you keep the patient's temperature comfortable during the session? I thought that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, those are really good questions. They
0: are. Way to go, Stephanie.
1: Yes, definitely. So to answer the first part of that question, every physical therapist is different. So for me, I very much individualize each person who has MS, because it's very different, as well as each day they come in. So the therapy is absolutely never the same. So one day, if someone comes in with more balance issues, we may focus on that as a priority. Or if they've noticed that over the last couple of weeks, climbing stairs has gotten increasingly challenging, then we may focus on exercise that focus on that goal. So I always ask them every session, you know, what is your goal? Like what types of things are you trying to work towards and why are you trying to improve these areas? Mm -hmm. And I come up with exercises for those
0: goals. Gotcha. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. And then for the second piece, that temperature, that is a huge thing, especially this summer. In Boston, at least, it is just insanely hot, and humid. Yes. yeah, Yeah. And even though our clinic is very air conditioned, what a lot of people with MS may not understand is that it's all about your core temperature, not necessarily the temperature outside. So the temperature outside definitely plays a role, don't get me wrong. But you can be sitting in air conditioning inside, not doing a single thing, but your numbness is getting worse mm-hmm. or you're fatig- just like really, really fatigued for no reason. And it still could be that your core temperature is high, even though you're in those conditions.
0: Mm-hmm. True. So,
1: yeah, so what we do in our office is we have cooling vests mm-hmm. and they're not the bulky ones that have ice packs in them. I have one that I really like that's very lightweight. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes in, it's a hot day or they're just feeling like they're overheating, I have them put that on before our session even begins. And we also have cooling wristbands that are really helpful. We have cooling neck wraps, lots and lots of cooling devices that we use.
0: I would love it, and you don't have to share it here, but if you could get me a list of those that you use, because I love to have recommendations to be able to give everyone and certainly you know, you're working with the MSers who are <laughs> experiencing these things. And if you found some things that work, I would love to get those recommendations from you for those products. And, and just so everybody knows to remind you, I do take all the notes for you. So this will all be in the show notes. Yeah, list of everything will be in the show notes. So don't drive off the road trying to take any notes. <laughs> I'll put it in there. So yeah, question, if you don't mind, let's get together after this and I'll get the list of those products and put them in the show notes. That yes, right thank you. So that all makes sense. My second question comes from Christine Elizabeth, who says, how important is water therapy?
1: I love water therapy. So I have worked at a location before that had a pool and I had every one of my patients in there. Yeah. Buoyancy of the water makes everything so much easier. So you can then have better quality and higher repetition. And so, cooler, it keeps you yeah, cool. warm. Well, Unless the water's but, really
0: hot, then you got an issue. Right. <laughs>
1: I will say with water therapy, you have to make sure that the temperature of the pool is, if you're in a pool, if you're in the ocean or lake, you're good. But in yeah. the pool, it needs to be below 86 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it is important, although I don't think it is necessary. Mm -hmm. It also may depend on the level that you're at. If you are someone who can't really do too much, what I call on land, Mm -hmm. because it's just too challenging, too fatiguing, then I would highly suggest trying to find a water therapy program with a physical therapist. However, if you're using that as a reason to not exercise because you don't have water, there's definitely tons of
0: exercises
1: you can do just even lying down and sitting Mm. at home that won't require water.
0: Nice. I'm assuming that this is typically covered by insurance in the U.S. Is that correct? Yes, generally. And you need a, a script in most, I'm going back to my old, I used to work, I don't think I told you this, I used to work for a PT company years ago. I did marketing for a physical therapy company and they were just getting direct access at that time. So I haven't followed that. So is that a thing now? Do most states allow direct access so people can go directly to the PT and then get a script later?
1: Yeah, it's definitely increasing. I would say of my patients, um, maybe 50% have direct access and then we go back later and you know consult with the doctor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely improving. I know that the APTA, the American Physical Therapy Association, they had a goal that by the year 2020, everyone in the US would have direct access. So Mm -hmm. we're working towards that. It definitely is improving, but with some insurances, you do still need a referral from your doctor.
0: Yeah. So, as with all things, who knows what your insurance is? So, check with your insurance. So, Mm -hmm. I have been to PT and it has helped me a ton. Mm -hmm. it would help me a lot more if I could take the therapist home with me to remind me of what I was supposed to be doing and how often and what the correct form was and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Because I go home with these, you know, pictures and especially if I'm cog foggy at all, I forget what the hell I was doing. So with that in mind, you started a YouTube channel to do just that, right? I did. Yes. All right. Well, tell us about that and what your plans are for it.
1: Yeah, so I was having a lot of patients say the same thing that you just said. No, I wish you could come home with me because there are so many things that a physical therapist in person can see and can pick up for you. Mm -hmm. So I also was posting on Facebook about a year ago, just the good things that my patients were seeing, how they were reaching their goals. And I had so many people either with multiple sclerosis or people who knew someone with MS reach out to me saying, you know, I wish you were in Texas. My mom has MS, or I wish you could be in my location and be my physical therapist. So recently I did start my YouTube channel mm-hmm. as well as an Instagram account. And I've been sharing all, a lot of these tips that I'm sharing with you right now and videos of me doing the exercises and demonstrating and teaching how you can do them at home. Okay. A lot of the exercises that I give are things that you can do at home because I don't want anyone having the excuse of, oh, I don't have a gym, I can't do that. Right. So a lot of them are sitting in a chair, sitting on the couch, laying on your bed, standing. Yeah. So that's awesome. that's what that is geared towards.
0: That's so cool. I love that. And you've really expanded your reach that way. Like you said, the people, you know, in, in Texas could benefit all over the place. And um yeah. you can always check in with you and make sure you're doing it right. May I suggest in the future that you create an app and that the app actually buzzes to remind you to do it, because that's the other thing. <laughs> Yeah, forget. I love you know, it. Have an alarm that goes, "Hello, get up, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, it's time, yeah, let's do it right." Yes. Now. No, that's I'm a great idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really excited to follow along myself with everything that you're doing. You've got a lot going on, and your heart is in the right place. And I'm so thrilled. So, how do people find you?
1: So, the best way to find me right now is on Instagram, YouTube, and email. So, my Instagram name is Dr.gretchen. Mm-hmm. My YouTube channel is Dr. Gretchen Holly, and my last name is H A W L E Y. Everyone thinks it's Holly like the leaf. Yeah. <laughs> my email is dr.gretchen.holly at gmail.com. And I'm also going to be, within this fall, launching a virtual physical therapy program. So, just like you said, you can be in your home but still get access to me and these exercises. So I'll keep you posted when that launches and I'll give you the information for
0: that. That is so cool. And as I said earlier, I'll put all these things in the show notes. So if you're listening, go now and want to go check out the show notes later, just go to the fumsnow.com slash podcasts. Look for this podcast number. I believe it's 22 maybe and Gretchen Holly and all the show notes will be there and all of her contact information will be there. One other contact I'm wondering if you can provide, do you have a resource that people could use to at least try to find an MSPT near them?
1: Yes, definitely. So there are two things I would suggest. The National Multiple Sclerosis Society, so they have a website, the nationalmssociety.org. And on their site, you can go to menu and then go to the treating MS tab. And then there's another tab that says, find an MS care provider near me. So you can go there to find a specific MS care provider near you. And they also offer something called the MS Navigator. Mm -hmm. And they can also help with finding someone near you because it doesn't have to be an MS specialist PT. It can be an OT. It could be a nurse. It could be a cognitive therapist. It could be anyone. And so the Navigator can help also guide you towards different areas to find what you're looking for.
0: Excellent. And there's not a whole lot of you, is that correct? Not a lot of MSPTs yet.
1: Not a lot. In the state of Massachusetts, I'm I think I'm overestimating when I say that there's four of us.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully we're getting the word out and people start asking more about it and you know, PTs are will learn more about it and decide that there's a need and a desire and we'll have more.
1: <laughs> yeah, that amazing. We need more.
0: Yeah, that's a good goal to have. So Gretchen, thank you so much for being with me today. And thanks for sharing all this great information. I know it's going to help a lot of people. And really, thank you so much for making your career about helping our community.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks, Gretchen. Take care.
1: Yeah, you too.
0: Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate you listening to the FUMS Podcast Show be sure to subscribe to it so you won't miss an episode. You can do that right on the website at FUMSnow.com. While you're there, sign up for the free email list so you'll be among the first to know of any new findings in MS research, new therapies and products, as well as any blog posts and podcast episodes I release. Want to chat with others in the FUMS community? Join us on Facebook at FUMSnow. Thanks again, and don't forget to talk to the Stupid disease as it deserves. Tell it FUMS every day.